0: It's time for the com radio show. com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook.
1: Yes, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this uh, uh, 21st day of May, 2014. We're here with my co-host, Jay Basser and uh, our technician, Stretch. He's out of Arkansas there. And uh, today our guest speaker is John Wells, uh, attorney, uh, uh, represents uh, veterans, and also I think he does civil cases okay. And uh, uh, we're going to do some discussing here a little bit on claims, uh, among other things. Uh, there will be several issues we're going to discuss and and uh, hopefully you'll be able to enjoy the broadcast. Uh, now, if you have any call-in questions, uh, our call-in number is 347-237-4819. Our call-in number, once again, is 347 347- Two three, seven four eight one nine, so if you have a question or comment, please feel free to call in. We'll do our best to get you get your uh get your question answered uh how are you doing today uh mr Wade? I'm good my friend how are you Well, I'm doing okay. I'm glad to have you on uh, the had it podcast uh, uh we're here we're a veterans website and uh I had it right now has an access eleven thousand members so uh we're always uh trying to keep them updated on uh, current events and what have you and uh, of course uh the tort claim has cor uh torque claims have have uh, come up uh, recently on several different issues. So we'd kind of like to get get your
2: take on those. Sure. Uh, let me uh, kind of explain the different things that you can do uh, and where a tort claim becomes uh, appropriate. If you are misdiagnosed at a VA hospital uh, and they, let's say, for example, they diagnose you with cancer in the left leg and it's cancer in the right leg and they cut the wrong... Uh, uh, they, they don't treat it and it winds up spreading uh, then that's considered a tort if they cut the wrong leg off that's considered a tort and that believe it or not has happened okay if uh, they commit any kind of negligence if they uh, treat you for something and they give you too much medicine okay or uh, their diagnosis is wrong or their treatment is wrong or they do surgery and they leave uh, uh, something inside you, any of that is considered a tort. If they cook the books and don't give you an appointment for 8, 9, 10, 12 months, okay, and you die because of that or get very seriously ill, that's considered a tort. Now if you die you can't bring uh, the action but uh, uh, your surviving spouse or surviving kids can. It comes under what's called the Federal Tort Claims Act. Now the process for that uh, is twofold. The first thing you have to do is make a claim to the Department of Veterans Affairs uh, local regional council. Uh, you do that via uh, a form on the internet, which you can get on the internet, it's called a Standard Form 95, or call me and, I'll, uh, and we'll talk about it. Okay? But uh, you put that claim in, the VA has six months to rule on it. If they deny the claim, then you can file a federal court suit in a US District Court of your choice. And I recommend uh, strongly the United States District Court for the District of Columbia because uh, uh, a lot of suits are brought against the federal government there. Um, that gets it primarily out of the uh, Department of uh, Veterans Affairs hand. It goes to the United States Attorney for the District of Columbia who defends that suit. Uh, the good thing is now you have somebody in there who may have a sympathetic eye and ear towards veterans uh, instead of the people that, that make up the VA, because I will be honest with you, I think there's an institutional bias in the VA. Okay, and that's treated just like a regular federal court suit. You get to discover documents. Uh, the VA can't hide them, okay, as they do with so many, uh, so many cases. Uh, and uh, you've got an actual federal judge sitting there uh, supervising the litigation. It's very, very effective. Now, the other good thing is because the United States Attorney gets involved, he get, he's going to get pretty tired pretty fast of all these suits being brought that have merit uh, against the Department of Veterans Affairs. He's going to write to, the, to his boss, the Attorney General, who's going to call up uh, the Secretary of the VA and say, hey, come on, get your act together. We've got better things to do than uh, to try to pull your chestnuts out of the fire and, and wind up spending money. Okay. Because the money for that doesn't come out of the VA. It comes out of the Department of Justice's judgment fund. So they're, uh, they have a vested interest in trying to get that. Uh, you know, if, if we start bringing these suits, they have a vested interest in putting pressure on the VA to get the job done. Now, the kicker is that has to be brought and presented to the VA within two years, two years from the date of uh, uh, the, uh, the tort or the medical malpractice. Now, if the VA denies it, you have six months to bring the complaint in federal court. Now, you could probably try to present the claim on your own. I don't recommend it, because people don't know how to present them, and what happens, they wind up limiting themselves. But for golly, do not try to go into federal court by yourself, okay? I mean, the judges will try to work with you, but still, there's uh, some very strict sets of rules uh, and if you don't, uh, uh, if you're not an attorney and you don't know what you're doing, you can wind up messing it up. Plus, uh, if the court decides that that case is published, uh, is published, then that becomes a precedent, and you can wind up screw, uh, messing things up for other people. So if you don't want to do that. Make sure you get an attorney. Alternative number two, let's say you've got past the uh, two-year statute of limitations. You can bring a, uh, present a claim to the VA uh, under Section uh, 1511, I believe it is. No, I'm sorry, 1151 of Title 38 of the U.S. Code. Uh, that claim goes to the VA and it's handled like any other VA claim. Uh, the only time I would recommend doing that is if you're outside the statute of limitations. Now, uh, what you can get though is you can get a small um uh, uh pension basically, uh if you can show that the VA was negligent. Now the easiest the best way to do it is do the Federal Court Tort Claims Act first, get a cash settlement, and then go file your eleven fifty one claim. And that way, especially if you're a young person, you can wind up getting a pension for life. So those are the uh uh the two alternatives that uh, uh you have to lay out. Now uh- so in other words, you can
1: have like a double whammy if you go the torque claim first and then the eleven fifty one later.
2: That's right, but yeah, you know, be aware you can't double dip. Uh, you know, if you're awarded something under eleven fifty one, they're going to subtract the amount that you're given on the torque claims. So oh, you know, I, it's I see, I understand. But, but uh, I, at I, the
1: same time, though, it it still could could put in in motion your. Uh, uh, monthly check or your uh, service connection?
2: That's right. That is right. Now, here's the other thing, of course. You know, you have to be eligible for treatment. Um, you know, I mean, I heard the case of somebody showing up at the VA and saying, hey, treat me, and they're not eligible for treatment, so they get turned away and then later on they try to sue. You can't do that. You've got to have established criteria that you're eligible. But here is a, here, here's an issue. What happens if you are eligible, but the VA takes two and a half to three years to process your claim, which is not unusual, and you die while they're trying to process that claim? If you can show that the VA was negligent, and in two and a half three years is certainly negligent, then once you're awarded that claim or once your spouse or or, uh, children are awarded that uh, service connection, then you can bring the Federal Toward Claims Act and say, you know, he was not treated because, you know, the VA did not uh, promptly process his claim. I think the key to it, Gerald, is this gets kind of complicated. If you've been damaged by the VA or one of your loved ones has died or been damaged by the VA, contact an attorney, and contact an attorney that does either Veterans Law or Federal Tort Claims Act. And, uh, you know, just don't go down and get the guy who does divorces to do it. Make sure you got somebody who knows what they're doing. Well, yeah, it's, uh, I
1: don't think it'd be advisable to go to court at any time without an attorney, uh, especially dealing with BA issues. Uh, it, it just don't make any sense. I understand, but you'd be surprised how
2: many people try to do it.
1: Uh, attorney is certainly important to have on board because, as you said, uh, this is—they uh, have certain procedures and they want them followed, and and rules you have to adhere to, and and uh, it's not something you want to undertake on your own.
2: That's right. And one of the things that my organization, Military Veterans Advocacy, does is uh, we are bringing litigation on behalf of individual veterans, okay, and on behalf of of groups of veterans. For example, uh, you know, you may know that the uh, Agent Orange Act uh, uh, has been implemented and it reads uh, Air, Land, and Naval Service in the Republic of Vietnam. In 2002, the Department of Veterans Affairs implemented a uh, a general counsel's opinion that said, well, in the Republic of Vietnam, gee, that just must mean the landmass, and stop giving benefits to those that were on the territorial sinks. Well, you know, the Agent Orange was mixed with petroleum, and I live down here in Louisiana. We can guarantee if petroleum floats, we saw that in 2010, it would get into the rivers and go right out into the South China Sea. Then as those ships would uh, take seawater in to convert into drinking water and water for the boilers, That process, the distillation process, would not remove the dioxin. So these guys were getting a straight shot of Agent Orange into the drinking water. Now, VA said, too bad, so sad, we don't care. And we've argued with them for uh, for years. Uh, It's potentially affecting as many as 174,000 Navy veterans. We have a bill pending in Congress. It's uh, H.R. 543. And for any of your listeners that want to write and call their congressman, I'll repeat that. It's H.R. 543 uh, introduced by Congressman uh, Chris Gibson. We have 201 co-sponsors on it as of today. We also have brought a lawsuit in the Federal District Court for the District of Columbia that will force the VA, uh, uh, you know, if we're successful in this suit, that will force the VA to extend the presumption of exposure out to encompass those ships that were in harbors and operating off the coast into the territorial seas. Uh, and that uh, so there's a lot of litigation work that can be done. If, in fact, we're successful on that, we maybe we'll be looking towards doing it for other um, groups of veterans, for example, the folks in Agent and Guam uh, were exposed to Agent Orange and the VA generally denies that. Same with Laos Cambodia, some folks po- some folks in Thailand, uh, they are granting now on the uh, the DMZ, but the uh, in Korea. But the folks that, flew the C-123 planes after they were returned from Operation Ranch Hand, they're denied the presumption of exposure, even though that dioxin adhered to the inside of the tanks and continued to be the gift that's uh, kept on giving. In fact, uh, please pray for them uh, because they're making a presentation this summer to the Institute of Medicine to try to get the Institute of Medicine on board. And, 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 And back to the Blue Water Navy, we presented to the uh, to the Institute of Medicine as well and they agreed with us and said the presumption of exposure should not be taken away from the uh, Blue Water Navy veterans. Uh, and, and those are the kind, some of the kind of things that my organization, Military Veterans uh, Advocacy, does, which you can find, by the way, at www.militaryveteransadvocacy.org and tell you a little bit about our um, organization. I apologize, the website's not complete yet, but at least we've got some information up there. Again, for those of you that uh, want to call your congressman, uh, that Blue Water Navy bill is H.R. 543, and it is uh, introduced by Congressman Chris Gibson. There's another bill coming up on Thursday, uh, and I uh, forget the uh, number. I'll get it here in just a second, but what it will do is give the Secretary of Veterans Affairs an the authority to fire people in the Senior Executive Service. What the Senior Executive Service is is they're, you know, very high-paid, six-figure-type uh, federal employees. They're not, uh, uh, they're not GS level. They're above the GS level. Okay. And uh, uh, right now, basically, it's almost impossible to fire them. This bill will allow the Secretary, if he so chooses, to remove them from Senior Executive Service and uh, uh, put them in the, uh, back in the GS, the General Service. So you can take somebody who's a, uh, you know, Senior Executive Service Level 2, say making $175,000 a year, and reduce them to a GS4, who's, you know, basically a file clerk. Uh, That's what this bill would allow them to do. And that bill number is HR. 4031 HR 4031. That comes up for a vote before the House of Representatives on uh, uh, on Thursday, and uh, you might want to call your congressman or or congresswoman and suggest that they support that bill. It'll give the secretary a needed tool. I don't know if he'll use it, but at least it'll give him that tool. And by the way, anytime you want to check on a bill, if you go to a website called BETA, B-E-T-A, dot Congress, dot Gov. Uh, you can bring up all the information on on any bill. Just put the bill number or with the title or with the subject or the uh, representative that or senator that introduced it, uh, and you can bring it up. So again, for those of you that are making a note at home, H.R. 543 is the Blue Water Bill. H.R. 4031 is the one that will give the Secretary of Veterans Affairs the authority to... Uh, act against members of the Senior Executive Service who are incompetent. I, I hope that's helpful to you, Joe. Yes, it is. appreciate
1: it. Uh, yeah, this is the type of information we're trying to get out to to our veterans. And, of course, we do have a lot of uh, Navy veterans involved with the HADDOT website. So... Uh, uh, this is something that they can be used. Do you mind uh, uh, giving your website and
2: phone numbers out again? Sure. Uh, the website is www.militaryveteransadvocacy.org. Uh, my number, toll-free, is 800-817-5123. Again, 800 800- and again that uh, website to check on on bill on bills before Congress is beta beta.congress.gov G-O-V okay that's good thank you Uh, no problem we uh, uh, have been working in fact, uh, we've been working with uh, uh, several groups, including the Chapel Alliance for Religious Liberty, on the uh, National Defense Authorizations Act, both for 2014 and 2013, uh, and now with 2015. Also into that act is uh, a provision that's asking, the, or where Congress is really going to direct the Joint Service Records Research Committee. That's a Department of Defense uh, agency to look at the deck logs for all the Navy ships that served in the Vietnam Theater of Operations and, pl- and uh, place their closest point of approach to Vietnam. The reason that's important is because a number of those ships actually went up into the rivers, like the Saigon River, for example, or the Mekong, and they would do that to uh, get closer to gunfire support. Once they enter the rivers, they're considered covered under existing law. So there's a lot of folks out there that even under the law as it exists today could be getting benefits but they're not because nobody knows that they, they were in those rivers. Uh, this bill will be gone or this amendment um, has been introduced in the National Defense Authorization Act. It comes up for a vote on Thursday as well. Uh, Senator Gillibrand from New York, Democrat from New York, is going to be introducing it into the Senate version of the uh, National Defense Authorization Act, and uh, we have, we're fairly optimistic, we've got clearance on it from the House Rules Committee, and we, and we believe that we're going to get clearance from the Senate Rules Committee as well, so we have uh, very good uh, feeling and very good confidence uh, that that bill will go into the National Defense Authorization Act that's finally sent for law. The other advantage of that bill, Joe, is it will tell us exactly where the ships are. We know how many ships are already covered. We know how many ships will not be covered because they were too far out, and how many ships are sitting in the territorial seas. Now, this is very important because the Congressional Budget Office has to score any bill that's going to require increased money. Okay, uh, And uh, they had originally come up with a, cost over 10 years of $2.74 billion. We went back to them after working with the Navy historical folks and said, guys, you're using the wrong number. They used everybody that was out, oh, gee, 100 miles out to sea, uh, and said, no, 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 Uh, the territorial seas, and we got a number of 174,000 from the Navy Historical Society, I'm sorry, Navy Historical and Heritage Command. That bumped a $1 billion off the bill. Now, if we can show how many people are actually in in the rivers, that's going to bring, we think, as much as another billion dollars off the bill. Okay? So now we're bringing the cost of the bill down. And in today's environment, if we're able to do uh, a a bill that doesn't cost very much, we have a lot better chance of getting it through. And and that's part of of the work that my organization has done to try to uh, you might want to say grease the skids so that we can get these things through. Um, is that helpful? Well, yeah, uh, but I have to ask you, why not lie
1: about it? That's what the BA does.
2: <laughs> well, um First off, we're not the VA. We tell the yeah. truth. The second, part, the second thing is the Congressional Budget Office does their own analysis. If we did try to lie lie about it, we'd get caught, and that would destroy our credibility. Now, and I think we have some decent credibility up on the Hill. We work with uh, uh, both sides of the aisle. Um, we have sponsor, uh gosh, uh, our um, uh, on, on the H.R. 543 bill, we have uh, a range of sponsors from Debbie Wasserman Schultz on the Democrat side to Darrell Issa on the Republican side. So you can't say we don't run the full gamut.
1: Well, it sounds like you you do have some nice contacts up there, and hopefully these bills will, will get satisfactory results. Uh, If we can get them on the, you know, get them passed, Uh, as you know, that's kind of a tough deal to get
2: done sometimes. Well, that's where your listeners can help. I go up to D.C. six or seven times a year whenever I can afford it, okay? And by the way, my website does have a donation tab, so feel free. Uh, But whenever I can afford it, I go up there, and sometimes I get a little grant money, sometimes I don't, Okay. I'll spend a week at a time, except uh, when there's a new Congress, I'll spend two weeks, uh, and go around. And I've visited over 300 House offices and probably about 50 or so in the Senate. And we sit down, we talk, sometimes we get the member themselves. Uh, about 10% of the time we get the members, and sometimes we get their senior staff, or even. Oh.
0: Uh-oh. a Catholic okay. we lost our guests, ladies and gentlemen, but we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll keep on plugging here. I guess we can call back in. Yeah,
1: he'll call back. Yeah, so, uh, sure. course, well, touch it doesn't sound like he's making his rounds. And, yeah, uh, touching those
0: bills. I think the uh, the uh, bill they're putting together right now for uh, the secretary to terminate or to get rid of some of these folks, the executive level people, I think it's... Uh, it's going to be a done deal, I believe it's going to pass the flying colors
1: I believe right now uh to to get something done for veterans is prob this is probably the most opportune time because the b a has been caught uh, so to speak with the pants down mm-hmm. and uh it, it, it's time to uh uh, try and get something beneficial accomplished for the veterans. Right. Uh, doggone! Uh, it's it's been a rough game all, all the way through for uh, quite some time.
0: Yes, it has been, and it continues to be so.
1: Yes, know. yes, it does. Uh, uh, until they see uh, the consequences of of some of their wrongdoing and. Let's hope that's not too far down the future. Well,
0: I want to tell you something right now. I mean, I, I'm kind of shocked at uh, what I heard about the tort process. You know, I didn't know the awards came out of the money from the, from the courts. You know, I thought the awards had come out of the budgets of the of, of the people that that made the mistake, which should be, because they have no, uh, what, they have no incentive or initiative to fix the problems if they're not paying for it.
1: That's my thinking also uh, and that's a good point. uh why should the courts uh, uh be uh, putting this money out yep a- although it's all government
0: uh it don't matter i mean the the place you know i mean if you hurt somebody, you should pay for it, it should come out. you know you're responsible it shouldn't be some other agency's responsibility,
1: yeah, right, uh, that's so true.
0: Yeah, so uh, that's something we need to talk to Congress about, too, and get that changed.
1: I don't know if we could get uh, uh, Mike. Can you call uh, 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 the attorney back?
0: Oh, here it is. Okay.
1: But his phone went bad. getting powered up here. Here we go. Well
2: hey. Did you make it back, John? Uh, yeah, I'm calling in on, my, on another phone. I must have lost you there somewhere. Yeah, that's, that's
1: what we were just talking. I thought maybe your phone went dead or something. I don't know. That
2: was in line, too. Uh, but I don't know how much it would be heard. But what I basically said is please call your congressman or congresswoman or senator. It makes a big difference when we go out there if they from the district.
1: Okay, uh, we did have a question here. Uh, you mentioned the courts uh, on the court claim. When we go back to it for a second here, sure. The courts, uh, the courts that those funds come out of the court. How come the BA don't have to pay those funds?
2: Just the way that's set up, the suit actually goes against the United States. Uh, and so the Department of Justice has one fund to depend, uh, defend against uh, any kind of court claim suit that comes from uh, uh, any department. So if, for example, you were in a National Institute of Health hospital and uh, uh, sued them, it would come out of the same judgment fund. It just makes it easier uh, to administer, on the, um, uh, administer one fund than for each department. They have, have their own fund.
1: Okay. Uh, Still, it looks like it'd make the VA take it out of their funds, but uh, that's okay. If if there's only one court fund, then there's only one court fund.
2: Well, actually, to be honest with you, I kind of like it better that way because, like I say, the U.S. attorneys will get tired of this real fast, okay, and uh, they'll start going back to the VA and tell them that they need to get their act together.
1: Well, absolutely, and uh, let's hope they do start. Uh, John, did you have any questions?
0: Uh, Gerald, I was just concerned about that because even though you know it all comes out of one fund, that doesn't give the people that actually make the mistake any initiative to improve, unless it's unless they can do some kind of budget transaction to take it back, put it back into the other fund. So that's like. Uh, that's like slapping your mom and dad in the mouth when, you, when your kid's going to college and he's caught doing something wrong.
2: Yeah, I understand that, but it's uh, you know each each uh, department has their own fund. They'd have to administer it. Uh, it would be really much more expensive, uh, and, and all of it comes out of the treasury anyhow. Well, I got to say, is, uh, we're uh, it, it, it's, it's a good thing to have Department of Justice beating up on them. And they will. You know, it's not just the VA. I mean, anybody else uh, that starts getting um, uh, a bunch of meritorious court claims, they're going to go back and tell them, you know, hey, guys, you need to get your act together. So the VA won't listen to us, but uh, they may listen to the Department of Justice. Especially, uh, I mean, Department of Justice got power to go against them criminally, too. Not saying they will, but theoretically they could.
0: Yeah, they hardly ever do.
2: That's <laughs> true. I guess it depends how much you tick them off.
0: Unless your name is Keith Roberts. <laughs> no, but that's a, that's a okay. mess, folks.
2: Some of the other things that we do, though, is as well as trying to get veterans benefits, we also do court-martials. Uh, uh-huh. We do court martials We defend military people at court martials Okay, and uh, we look at people that have been mistreated for whatever reason, um, and take those cases to federal court. Okay. For example, I've got a case right now uh, of a lieutenant commander who was uh, uh, an environmental health officer, and she started raising claims about the uh, burn pits in Afghanistan. And I got to tell you, those burn pits that's aging on into the 21st century. All the toxins that mm-hmm. burned is terrible. She's raised in Cain and uh, I guess she opened her mouth once too often. Uh, she winds up being in a fire base in Afghanistan and gets sexually assaulted in the middle of the night. Then, they, uh, when she reports a sexual assault, they claim she's nuts and uh, go in. And we've got proof that, they, that there were some people that actually manipulated her health records uh, and forced her out for 17 years of service. Uh, we'll be filing that suit in federal court, court very soon because she was a whistleblower, uh, and uh, nobody should be treated that way. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, by the way, that all the, that all the sexual assault claims are um, are true, because you know I've defended sexual assault claims too and found that uh, some of those claims, many of them, many of them, not all of them, many of them are false. But uh, this lady stood up. She went through a psychological evaluation, and she went through a polygraph test which she passed with flying colors. So uh, I'm here to tell you, I believe to touch my soul that, she, uh, uh, that this really did happen to her. Well, will
1: her rank and everything be restored to her?
2: If we win, it certainly will.
1: And uh, that way, she'll be able to at least get compensation now. The VA. Well, more than that, she'll
2: get her back pay and, and uh, probably about three years back pay and an opportunity
0: to retire. Yeah, because that time—that uh, that's time served. I mean, even though the time that the litigation is going on, you know, they go back and say it takes three years to get it solved, and, you know that makes her automatically eligible for retirement. That's probably the best thing for her, you know that's right. that's to retiring. Right. Do something else, so uh, man, I tell you what, I, I've never seen the, you know the system like that. You know the system's bad, you know, because we had a problem back in Vietnam where these guys were, uh, you know, they had problems, and uh, you know most of it was PTSD, and they were sending up this doc, and he was stamping the personality disorder on their heads and putting them out of the military. Well, that's
2: exactly right. We had twenty thousand people uh, forced yeah. out of the military for, per- for personality disorders that affect that everybody believes. Really suffered from post-traumatic stress, and uh, Congress, in the 2010 National Defense Authorization Act, uh, actually took the military to task and uh, has directed the correction boards uh, to go through and review those cases. Now I haven't seen the results of that review, and I'll be honest with you, I don't have a lot of faith in the military correction boards, uh, but I avoid them whenever I can. But the uh, uh, at least Congress took some action on that, and you know. Uh, it's pretty easy, and I'll tell you what, I, I, I've done it too. Uh, it's pretty easy to pick on a Congress. Uh, and there's some folks up there that don't belong there, but there's a lot of folks who work really hard. And, and on both sides of the aisle, too. I'm not uh, trying to pick on one side or the other. Um, I think that uh, we got people...
0: I'll tell you a good story, Joe. We had a...
2: One in the background. But we've got people in both parties that do work pretty hard. I get there, um, you know, my appointments usually start at 8 in the morning or 8.30 in the morning. Uh, And uh, those folks are there. They're doing meetings and so on and so forth. And uh, uh, 5 or 6 o'clock at night, they're still going. I I had a meeting with a a member one time, uh, and it was 8 o'clock at night. uh, He said he wanted to see me, something happened, Uh, he got called for a vote. So uh, I had to come back at 8 o'clock at night, and I said, man, do you do this very often? He says, all the time. So, you know, it's fun to give those guys uh, uh, a race cane with them, and they do work for us, and so we should. But uh, in in all honesty, there's a lot of them out there that really do work hard. Not all, but a lot. Yep, that's true. (laughs)
0: That is true, we're dealing with that. Uh, I was thinking about a veteran I found out the other day. I run across his issue. He passed away here last month. And I was talking to his wife and got to digging a little bit. He was diagnosed in the military. He was actually was taking his son to uh, school, and his son was afraid because they were doing TB skin tests. Yeah. And he was afraid to have it done, so he took him to school. and was going to show him you know, how easy it was. He said, I'll take one with you. So he did. He took a TB skin test. The next thing you know... <laughs> The military gets word of it and they look at his hand, arm, and they grab him up and ship him off to New Jersey for a year. <laughs> this was back in the 60s and then he spends a year in New Jersey and then they offer to, they try to put him out and he getting close to retirement so they let him stay in and they send him to Vietnam after his TB I guess was cured, which it wouldn't cure. Tuberculosis never cures. It goes dormant or becomes inactive, you know. And then when he gets out, He files a claim on it after he retires and they deny it, saying he was cured.
2: (laughs) You're kidding me. But you know, there's (laughs) another thing, too, that uh, a lot of people don't realize is these guys, uh, there's what's called a medical evaluation board. okay? And uh, I have to say, I'm not real happy with them. Uh, They grant you, they're supposed to grant you a disability, and if it's more than 30% disability, uh, a military retirement. two and a half percent uh, uh of your base pay per year well so right. they don't they don't do that very often i mean they i had it. a guy who was a marine rifleman uh whose uh, half half his, his hand was blown off in Iraq, and i said he's fit for service well how you say fit for service so we took them to court and unfortunately we, we we won half of it we didn't win everything we wanted but Uh, You know, they said, well, he was assigned, uh, the professor was assigned to the chapel to do some woodworking. I said, well, you might be able to woodwork, but you can't go out there and uh, lead a platoon of uh, Marines uh, in Fallujah when you've got half your hand missing. Uh, 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 But but they pull it all the time. And what's driving it is dollars, the size of the military. Uh, When they reduce the military, as they're doing right now, uh, then they want to find ways to get rid of them and they would prefer to get rid of them in ways where they don't have to pay any benefits. So it, it's dollar-driven. Uh, Congress has caught them at it. We've caught them at it. And uh, uh, yeah, they, uh, they just sit, sit up there and deny, deny, deny. And I'll be honest with you, DOD is just as bad as VA. Mm-hmm. So that's what our organization's for, is to take these kind of cases on that are meritorious. And we do screen them. but take cases that are meritorious and uh, uh, run with them. And, you know, unfortunately we do have to charge, but, you know, I try to do a reduced rate for uh, military veterans also.
0: Well, that's a good thing you do. We appreciate what you do for veterans, buddy. It's uh, not many folks out there doing it. There's a few, but I got news for you. VA law is a a different animal.
2: The A law is a different animal. Yes, so it is. Very long.
0: You know, because it's 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 quite a practice.
2: Again, <laughs> yeah, if I could uh, just put out in case people have joined us. Uh, excuse me. Hmm.
0: But it is quite a different animal, isn't it, Gerald?
1: It sure is, and uh, let's hope. Uh, all that's going on right now will will make a definite uh, change in it, a recognizable change for the better.
0: Well, for a little while it will, Gerald. You know, I mean, I it's all, every think, time... every time.
1: I do every, think for a little while it will. I, yeah, yeah. I got my fingers crossed that it'll be more than a little while, but we both know how the VA is. As, as soon as the storm kind of... Smooths out a bit, and then they're back to their old... No, family. yeah,
0: they're back to their old self. Yeah. You know, it's their way of life. That's the way they were taught, and their fathers and grandpas were taught.
2: That's exactly right, and that's part of the problem. Uh, yeah. because they're, they're going to try and push all these reports and all these investigations, all these audits, past the news cycle. That's what they do. They just delay because something else will come along, and all the news channels will pick up on it, and it will be the flavor of the month. Meantime, you go to a VA hospital, and they'll give you a second chance to die for your country.
0: (laughs) Actually, most uh, disabled vets that's got serious disabilities have already really died for their country, either combat or an accidental injury or whatever. They're just waiting to die. Well,
2: that's true. Well, wait
1: wait and be buried. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, um uh, yeah, they they seem hell bent on just not to take care of their veterans. They act as if the veterans are a bunch of moochers, undeserving yeah. moochers.
0: Uh dirt yeah. bags trying to get something, Gerald.
1: Yeah, they're trying to get something for nothing. They're they're a bunch of ponies. They're making it up there. Uh, And uh, you didn't get sick from doing this or that. Uh, None (laughs) of your exposure issues has anything to do with what's wrong with you. Uh, It's just (laughs) one thing after another, and, and it's left to the poor veteran who don't have the wear for all as a rule. To supply all the evidence uh, to win his claim, and a lot of times it's not available to him.
2: Well, you're right. And one of the things that we've argued about is the VA uh, will sit there and say, Oh, the way these things come in, these claims come in, uh, there's no way we can grant them. And they say that some of the veteran service officers will. Uh, just put unmeritorious claims in with the meritorious claims. And, and there is some truth to that. But, you know, I've argued that the VA should go out and do training. They could do training videos, for VSOs. Uh, they could put up a website with how to, how to fill out the forms, uh, what to do, what not to do, the top ten errors, uh, things of that nature, okay, to... Uh, Uh, so that when their claim comes in, the initial claim comes in, it's in much better shape. For example, I tell people when they do their claim, don't just dump a bunch of medical records on the VA. Write a memo saying, this is what's wrong with me. Number the relevant pages of your medical record, okay, 1, 2, 3, 4, A, B, C, D, doesn't matter, and then for each thing that you're claiming, refer them back to that medical record you know, pages one, two, seven, or eight, whatever, and actually take a yellow highlighter and highlight what uh, uh, is uh, uh, is relevant for each claim. Uh, That way, the guy that's reviewing the claim, the first thing he's gonna do is sit there and he's gonna love you because he's not got uh, 600 pages of medical records and a bunch of squiggles. He's got something that makes sense. Uh, He's not, less chance of him missing something, okay? Uh, and if it comes down to where he's trying to make up his mind whether to give it to you or not, if you've made it easy for him, he's more than likely uh, to want to make it easy on you and to help you out a little bit. And you know, I give out that kind of advice all the time. The VA should be, you know, doing seminars to teach people how to fill fill these things out. They don't do it. Well, uh, you and, were,
1: you're talking about filling out forms. For instance, let's look at this DBQ form. Uh, uh, there's a place the doctor fills out all this data, but there's no place on the form for him to render an opinion. He has to do that with a separate uh, individual attachment, and uh, uh, that's not helpful to a veteran. To a, yeah. a lot of them get them points filled out not realizing they need a, a doctor's opinion.
2: That's right. And the CMPs are just terrible. And first off, the docs don't want to do them. Half the time they're not qualified. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, I went in, uh, I'm in a, uh, on a cane in a wheelchair because I've, I've had foot surgery. And the, the podiatrist writes up, oh, there's nothing wrong with the foot. Ugh, you know, I can't believe it. I uh, tried to give her my civilian, medical records, wouldn't take them. Couldn't so call the cops when I insisted she take them. So I called. Uh, you know, we called the VA cop and said, "You stay here. I want you to be a witness." Uh, and, but that that happens more than you might think. Uh, I see C and P exams that are just ridiculous. Then we try to get the documents that the doctor relied on. They won't give them to you. Try to get a curriculum vitae to find out how qualified that doctor is. They won't give it to you. I've got cases up right now before the court of appeals, vetter's claims, uh, and uh, arguing that they are required by due process to give us that information, okay, because they don't want to give it to you. Uh, They don't want to give you the contact telephone numbers of the doctor or the the guy that's reviewing the claim. You ever trying to get a number of the VA? They give you that 800 number and you go to, uh, (laughs) uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you better pack a lunch, and bring, some, bring a thermos of coffee because you're going to be on there for a while. Unless they just tell you, "Whoops, there's too many calls. Call back after hours." Uh, it's it's unbelievable. I was I went into uh, uh, the House Debt Committee one time. I was up there. I talked with uh, 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 with one of the staff directors. I said, "When's the last time you called that number?" And she said, "Oh gosh, I, I don't know. Probably been a while. I don't think I ever called it." I said, "Call it." But, you know, I mean, just put it on a line that you don't use very much. Uh, You know, put it on speakerphone, go about do your business. And next time I went up there, I said, you do that? I said, man, I never did get through on that thing. They welcome to my world. Uh, you You know, you know how easy it would be if you got one of those letters back or, golly, maybe you got an email saying, point of contact is Joe Blow at telephone number, Humpty Squatch. I had a claim waiting for a year and a half because there was no um, uh, form asking for 100% unemployability, but a form was submitted saying, do not want 100% unemploy- unemployability written across the face of the form. Year and a half. They didn't touch that claim. So they waited. Now, did they ever come back and tell you? No. It took me a month of Sundays to find out what the problem was. This is just, and this is the reason why we have a backlog. Plus, the Board of Veterans' Appeals, you go there, eight per, only 8% of the Veterans' Appeal out of the regional office, and everybody that's meritorious should appeal. But you go to the Board of Veterans' Appeals, those guys are not administrative law judges. They're people that grew up within the, the, uh, the board or within the VA. Um, they... They have, I think it's five times more law quirks than they have uh, uh, so-called judges. The law quirks write the opinion but don't attend the hearing. Uh, then to appeal out of there from the Court of Appeals of Veterans Claims, half of those cases are kicked back because it's so screwed up that the court can't make heads or tails of it. And it's called a joint motion to remand. Uh, then it comes back to the Board of Veterans Appeals. Uh, and they put a priority on it, send it back to the regional office, and it goes ahead of all the other claims. You wonder why we have a backlog because of things like that. They'll write a letter asking for some silly information instead of picking up the phone and saying, hey, this is Joe Blow from the VA. I looked at this, and I've got this question. Can you help? You know, and, and especially where you've got a VSO or it's an attorney involved, you know, I mean, that should be automatic. Everybody else does that. The VA won't do it. Uh, you know, it, it's just the process is just terrible. Uh, it's, uh, there's so many things that could be done, but I don't think they want to do that. They seem to be more concerned with the methodology and the results. And, gee, when, it, when, when they start getting a little pressure, well, what the heck, let's just cook the books. And that's the impression I have as a VA, practi- VA law practitioner. Do you think it's going to change? No. I don't think well, Not until they put somebody in there who's going to go in and really um, clean house. Uh, Shinseki, for, and I'm not going to blame him personally. I don't think he's the worst one they've had. Uh, he, uh, he just, for whatever reason, he believes his staff and he would not take the action that was needed to take. Uh,
1: I, I feel as though he let the staff run the organization and that it, it, it uh, he don't That's have right. a clue what what's going on.
2: Well, I think you're exactly right. And for me, you know, first of all, now this bill uh, that I mentioned, the H.R. 4031, that would give him more power to get rid of the senior executive service folks. But, oh, you know, you can still fire them even without that law. It just, takes, it just takes a while to do it. Well, I don't care if you can't fire them. Take them and, and, and set up a think tank on the Beaufort sea on the north slope of Alaska and send them up there rather than putting them on administrative leave at full at full pay like they did with that gallon uh, uh, in Arizona. Yeah. Now, let them here on the, on the north face of Alaska in June, July, August, on McBurdo Sound in Antarctica real quick.
1: Yeah, that's what they deserve.
2: Well,
1: <laughs> actually, they deserve <laughs> yeah, to be jailed because these people are broken the law. Well,
2: that's true, too. But do what you got to do. This guy's a four-star general, okay, he's the Army Chief of Staff. He's supposed to get results. And uh, we're not getting results out of him. So, in my opinion, he's got to go.
0: Well, they're conspiring against him, though. He's just a figurehead because he's appointed. And uh, that's that's the that's the problem he's probably running into. I mean, they, they're probably probably treated as an outsider, even though he is supposed to be the boss per se. So, I mean, it's happened to every secretary. If you tolerate
2: it, that's going to yeah. continue. To happen. The secretary needs to go in there and do what he
0: needs to do. Yeah, it's a big organization, guys. It's a uh, you know, I mean, it's, these uh, these these foxes have been in the hen house for a long time.
1: Well, you know, I know too many veterans that have sent letters of uh just just letters of disappointment uh uh to the v a and and copied secretary sinseki, so he's aware of everything that's going on. But he's sitting back and letting all these undersecretaries do whatever they want. And he's figuring they're taking care of things when they're not. They're looking good. I'd like to see some of their bonus checks. I imagine they're pretty healthy. But
2: well, uh, I'm going to bet you that he doesn't see those letters. They go to a secretary, or a, and I don't mean an undersecretary. I mean a, a GS subsecretary. uh They've
1: got a staff that answers those letters. Oh yes, yes, yes. You're right, and and uh, no telling. You know, they might be five or six uh, guys down the the ladder rung (laughs) Uh, that gets them letters. So Mm -hmm.
2: I won't say too
0: busy. Too busy to (laughs) veterans court dodging bullets. Yeah, yeah.
2: You said the right words sitting back first thing he needs to do he's got to have access to the computer system if he doesn't have a terminal on there um, uh, on his desk then you know he should be fired but pull up that random I don't care just make up those scary numbers or names until a file pops up and get the veteran on the phone and find out what's going on get out of the office go out to the field not just to make pretty speeches okay. Go to the veterans hospital unannounced. Walk into the waiting room. Talk to the wards. Answer the phone. Okay? Well, who needs to do that? Who needs to have an inspector general that's proactive enough to go out there and do that? Uh, you know, when I was uh, in the Navy and I served on six different ships, I wasn't a JAG you now. I worked for 11. Uh, the, uh, uh, I didn't find anything. I was sitting up in my stateroom, room. I found out things by getting out and walking around, uh, going and talking, to guys. If I got up at 3 in the morning for insomnia, i put my uniform on and walk the ship, okay? Uh, just talk to the folks. Go stand to the ship's store line. Don't go to the head of the line. Stand in the line. Talk to the folks. Uh, go out, see them on, uh, on the weather decks. You know, back then you could smoke, go out, have a cigarette with them. Uh, it's, uh, that's how you find out things. Now, secretary needs to be out in the field seeing what's going on. He needs to have eyes and ears out in the field seeing what's going on. Because uh, I think it's a proven fact we cannot trust the senior executive service, probably most of the senior GS ratings. Uh, if he doesn't get out and see what's going on, then shame on him, and we need to get somebody in that's going to do that.
1: Absolutely. He's, he's just too far removed from... From the whole issue, uh, you know it's like he don't have a clue when, when you know good and well he's got an idea, and and this is not something new. This this current uh, deal we have with forty veterans dying, and, uh, and then another uh, six dying, and uh, no telling actually if actual numbers were actually known. I think you'd be amazed to how many veterans have passed uh, due to uh, incompetency, uh, uh, waiting uh, to get into the health care, uh, getting wrong diagnoses, wrong wrong prescriptions. Uh, it, I, I think you'd be amazed if you actually knew the truth.
2: Yeah, I agree. So. It's, there's a lot wrong with the VA. Um, I will say there are people in there that are trying to do the right thing. Frankly. But uh, uh, the further up you go in the food chain, the less you're going to find them. Um, uh, unfortunately, you know, a lot of folks right now think that the uh, uh, Department of VA stands for Department of Veterans Abuse. And we've got to turn that around. Uh, and I'm with them. I'd I'd much rather make peace with them than fight with them. But if they don't want to make peace, I will go to Congress. I will go to the courts. If I can, uh, in the couple of minutes we have left, again, ask people to contact the members of Congress to support H.R. 543, which is the Blue Water Navy Bill to Extend the Presumption of Exposure to the Territorial Seas, and H.R. 4031, which gives the Secretary the power to relieve people and people from the single executive service. Uh, the latter bill is coming up um, on Thursday for a vote. So please call your members of Congress. Right, we're going, if it's passed, and I think it will, you'll uh, then go to the Senate. So call your senators. To track bills in Congress, go to beta B-E-T-A dot, congress dot gov, G-O-V. For more information on my organization, Military Veterans Advocacy, please go to www.militaryveteransadvocacy.org And my toll free number is 800
1: 817 Well, John, I'll tell you what, I certainly appreciate you coming on the broadcast and the enlightening uh, the the membership here. And and not only the head of members, this is open to the general public also, so uh, we do have a lot of listeners
0: uh, on iTunes. Uh, also, don't remember, don't forget.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right.
0: You can download this episode at iTunes. Of course, nobody's going to sing now, but you can still download it.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, uh, yes. The audio file is there. All of our all of our broadcasts are kept in the archives, so for future reference. And and uh, blame me. A lot of people go through them. And uh, utilize
2: them. Send me a link, it. I'll put it on my website.
1: And uh, yes, that's great. So, uh, and we'd love to have you back on, here, John. By golly, uh, uh, it, it's always good uh, to to get dedicated people, family uh, awesome. oriented uh, advocates uh, that will. Uh buy for a better.
0: I'll email you the link to this and hadit.com had dot com there, John, if you want me to. <clears throat> Thank you
2: sir. link.
0: See ya.
1: Uh, go ahead, John.
0: Oh are we still on the air? I said I'll, I'll email you the link to the to this podcast in the archives and also to had it dot com. Okay. And uh have you ever been to Hatted dot com, John?
2: Uh, no, I haven't. Actually, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna pull it up after we get
0: off here. Pull it up and uh, register for the site. And uh, so we're, see, we're all fighting the same battle. So you can join us anytime you want to. <laughs> you know, because it's uh, John Ross is a member, and it's just a, uh, you know, we're, hey, eleven thousand people, man. That's, you know, that's what we got. Nice i some information.
2: folks?
0: Good deal. Well, Gerald, I'm going to drop off. You guys go ahead and end this thing, okay? Okay. okay. All right. You've been listening to the Had Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Had All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Had or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Had com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Master Show. Thank you, John. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank a
1: lot, John. I hope to get you back on. I
2: hope to
1: do that. So, let me an shout any time. We sure will.
2: Okay, okay. guys. Bye-bye. Today. Bye.